What's up and welcome to another edition of Tabletop for Two. Uh, I'm Brad Van Vutt. I'm Emily Van Vutt. And we are back uh, to talk about a few more new games that we've been playing. Um, we're also going to get into some of our favorite gateway titles uh, later on in the show. Um, but first, uh, we can talk about where you can find us online just to get that out of the way. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Tabletop for Two. Um, you can subscribe to our show on what Podbean, mm-hmm. Stitcher, and iTunes. Finally, since we got that sorted out. Yep. So, yeah, and like I said, just make sure you add on there. And if you leave us five star review on iTunes, we'll also read it on the air, which we would definitely appreciate. Um, so yeah, let's get right into it. So we've been playing a few games lately um, from the design team of Nuno Sentiero and Paula Soledad. Um, Panamax, which we've which we played a lot, like we've had that for a while, which we really like. But we finally got uh, Madeira, which is something I've had my eye on for a while, which is also from them. Um, the two games don't have a lot in common other than the fact that you're using dice to take actions, basically. Um, we'll talk about Panamax real quick because we've played that a bunch and have found that to be... I love this game. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> it's it's really interactive um, because basically the, the premise is you're, you both own shipping companies and you're... Shipping goods through the Panama yeah, Canal. Loading, loading cargo on ships and moving them through the Panama Canal. But where it's interactive is that you can actually load um, cargo onto other players' ships. You can move their ships. So most of the, a lot of times you have to move their ships. Yeah. And you can also buy stock in other players' companies as well, which can pay you dividends. And, and which can royally screw them at the end of the game. Yeah, if it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you don't uh, manage your company's finance as well, um, it can certainly be problematic. Um, this is one we've played, what, probably three or four times, I think, at mm-hmm. this point. And at least it's, we really enjoyed it a lot. Um, but because I have heard, or because we enjoyed this so much, I wanted to get Madeira, which is a game that I'd heard a lot of really good things about. Um, this is a more traditional Euro-style game, I'd say, where you're basically, like, you basically pick a set of dice that get rolled at the, at the beginning of each of the five rounds that are in the game, and then you place those dice onto different regions on the board, and each area gives you a specific action that's associated with that area. And you can either take that action or you can get goods from all your people that you have set out in that area. Yeah, there's fields that you use to get resources, which you need to ship, you know, goods to the market or to, you know, visit different colonies. And it's, it's basically lots of different ways to earn points points <laughs> as you go. So I like this one a lot. Um, jury's still out for me. Jury's still out for you. Well, what I liked about it is that... The, the the premise is pretty simple because at, at its core, it's kind of like a worker placement game, really, of sorts. Um, but all the choices that you make and all of the things that you do matter. Like, like it's really the game's really tight and restrictive. Um, it's there's only five rounds in the game and each round you only have usually three or four actions if you decide to use these pirate See, dice that I are think available. I that might be what it was. Like, I'm used to having restricted actions, but mm-hmm. maybe not be that restricted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, but a lot of, um, like, we played Minos, and Minos is a game where you literally ha- get, like, but 12 I, actions in the game in the, in the entire game besides yeah, what I you can earn i didn't i felt like i could actually do stuff i like i felt like i couldn't get anything done in this game okay yeah it's um it, the the balance act is that they have these extra dice that you can take that are kind of a community pool um but you have to take pirates basically and basically if, if you can't pay for an action you have to gain these pirate tokens which is essentially you're rating the people instead and if you have a the most of these at the end of the game, you take a pretty significant 
um, victory point hit. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of incentive to get rid of them or to try not to take them if you can avoid it. But at the same time, it's it's impossible to not take, uh, them. Not take them because there's going to come points where you just either don't want to or can't afford to pay for certain actions. Like I said, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's something that I feel like scales would scale reasonably well. Like the, So the two-player game is strong is what I'm saying. Um, I mean, I, you'll definitely give it another shot, I would hope, right? Well, you know how I am. I will give a game two good playthroughs mm. if i don't like it after the second one it's out it's done man i hope you like it because i don't i don't really want to get rid of it so. <laughs> <laughs> yes that's um, madeira uh last night we actually got in finally we've had this game for a while but we finally got it in we could play clash of cultures mm-hmm. um i actually really enjoyed it i did too so we w- we've we're always on the lookout we've tried a lot of different um you know like 4x style games you know through you know we've played um exodus proxima centauri we've played empires of the void which we like a lot um rune wars i wouldn't even really consider a 4x game but it's got a lot of the same you're just mad because the one time we played it i beat you yeah well i mean but at the same time that's not a game that really works for our lifestyle because it takes like even a two-player game of rune wars is like four hours to play or something like that yeah it was a long night Mm -hmm. but uh clash of cultures is Again, and well, the, and the other issue that we have with four X games a lot of times is that they don't scale really well. Like we played, um, um, why is uh, Eclipse? We played Eclipse a yeah, while back, yeah, and it, it just didn't, didn't with two players. It, didn't it just wasn't very us. good. Well, this one was really good with two. I felt like, like mm-hmm. I felt like I got a good, solid, meaty game out of it, and I didn't feel like I was losing out on anything by not having more people. Yeah, it's and it's your basic civ builder where you know you can build up actions and you can take a military path or you can take like a diplomatic path. And what's unique about this one is that you can build up your cities kind of how you want to in each of the different buildings that you can put in there and give it special abilities. And it has like some of the best miniatures, I swear. Oh, the miniatures are really good. <laughs> yeah, for for a, for a non fantasy flight game they're pretty yeah they're pretty solid um but yeah i like clash of cultures a lot in a two-player game i could see where military can be strong because if you build up a military a strong military force and your opponent doesn't then they can get kind of kind of steamrolled if you're not careful um so i mean but that'll like we'll have to investigate that over further plays but as far as the initial just you know it's a game where you have a lot of actions because um, there's six rounds and then each round you have three turns and each of those turns you get three actions. So there's a lot to do, but it still didn't feel like that you had, you know, you could do whatever you want. Like you would still feel pretty limited. You had to, in. Really, you had to really look at what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's felt restrictive enough that I, I had to, you know, plan, you know, several turns ahead and stuff like that. Um, I, I like the random events that happen in the game. A lot of people were turned off by those um it's similar to christian uh, markison is the one who designed clash cultures he also designed merchants and marauders which is another game that we <laughs> like a lot but that one deals with the same you know randomness thing that turns off a lot of people but i don't mind it like it's you know i i like that it keeps you on your toes and it makes every game feel you still haven't feel very me. different what emergence marauders no i haven't beat you in that. <laughs> yeah it drives me insane i haven't beat you in this either apparently i just can't beat you in uh in Marcus and games, well, remember apparently. you told me that I seem to have a horseshoe up my butt when it comes to games that we're playing for the first time because it seems like you said you play you you say I act like I play dumb a little bit sometimes and like I don't get it and then magically it's like oh wait there it is and then it's you like oh wait it out. she figured it out and she won what the h 
Yeah, but I, I like this one. Um, there's an expansion that just came out for this too. Um, that adds like different. Um, We've only civilizations. played it I'm not saying once. we're buying it tomorrow, but I'm saying I'd be curious to see what that would add to the game. Only played it once. I'm not saying we're buying it tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm just saying I, I'm, I'd, I'd like to look into it to see what it would add because I think it adds like unique um, civilizations to the game that I'm assuming gives you special powers of some kind for each one. So, but Clash Culture is good. Um, you know, like Emily said, it's been on our shelf for. A couple months now, actually. We just haven't found the right time to get it to the table. Um, uh, next, we actually played Impulse. This is another one we've had on the shelf for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I don't really know how I feel about this one. Yeah, I liked it. Again, this is one I liked a lot, too. So this is a uh, Carl Chudik game. So as his games are wont to do, it's about amassing these ridiculous turns where you get to take combinations of actions and it th- this is also like a 4x style game i couldn't get my combos going for me for nothing well early in the game was fine i just built up a nice little a nice little engine um th- this is one where there's a lot of different ways to get victory points you can do it through battling you can do it through trading of resources or you know selling of resources that sort of thing what's unique about it though is that the game the components for the game is literally a deck of cards and then there's a bunch of small plastic ships that you have to represent your fleet. But the cards are what drives the gameplay because they are not only the spaces on the board, um, but they're also the actions that you can do. They're the mines that you can do. They're the things you can use to boost the actions that, you know, that you take as well. They're um, everything in the game. Yeah, which is very cool. Um, you know, I, I like the the shared action pool. The, the, yeah, the, that, that I like because that also, you know... It makes it a little easier when you know, hey, I can save this card up for maybe just mm-hmm. me because I can use this action over here. Yeah. Yeah. The core mechanic of the game is there is this thing called the impulse where each turn a player has to add one of these action cards to it. But then they do every action that's on the impulse in order. And it, it, it'll be a four action turn, basically. But you're using the actions that um, other players had put in on previous turns. So you kind of have to shape what you do around what everyone else at the table is doing as well, which I think is a really neat concept. Um, we'll have to give this one another shot because I also think it was pretty late in the evening. And didn't we play this after playing something else that was relatively like brainy? What did we play this after? I don't remember. Was but this, I know we played it after, after something else. Was this after we played Gengopolis? It might have been. Maybe. It was either that or Panamax, one of the two. It might have been Panamax. Yeah. So maybe not the best time to do it. Maybe like, I need well, to. Let's play this, Mike. And I just kind of looked at him like okay maybe maybe that's a better like first game of the evening rather than finishing it off with that so or a nap time game mm-hmm. when i'm more alert yeah mid-afternoon day. yeah so but like i said i dug it um you know you're on you're more in the fence we've had more dissension this week than uh than we normally do that's a good thing we yeah. can't always just be no we can't always love it, love agree it, love it. i tell you what there are some games out here i just flat out do not like <laughs> see i'm i'm very i don't know i'm a little bit more i don't find myself disliking too much I don't like Netrunner. I know you don't like Netrunner. I tried. That's always going to be the, the, the one that got away from me, but that's okay. One thing we did both like was Gengopolis, which is something that I got in a trade um, recently. I think I traded Zenishift Onslaught away for this. When, yeah, that which one that just didn't really didn't click for us. us. Yeah. Um, this one, I didn't know what to expect from this one. So this is like a tile-laying city-building game of sorts where you're building different you know you're building up the city essentially and you're doing it to get there's some area control to it there's some resource Resource management management, yeah victory point getting and 
it's just it's it's hard to explain. Um, basically, whenever you build a new building, you get to use the buildings that it's adjacent to, and and you can build over top of buildings as well, which then gets you the card for the building that you and replace. the cards have bonuses on them. Yeah, either like it enhances the actions that you take each turn, or it's like end game victory point scoring. Um, like I said, had no clue what to expect from this, and found a game that actually is really fun and one that we probably will play. A quite lot. frequently yeah <laughs> um pretty easy to learn i'd say i don't think easy it's too to complicated it's one of those we can probably bust out in 45 to 60 minutes you know which is always a good thing for us mm-hmm. and i just i did i really really enjoyed it i enjoyed because it still had some of the cutthroatiness that we like to do with one yeah another. no it definitely has that it definitely has this back and forth um you know trying to claim these city districts apparently like uh, uh I lost my train of thought completely. When you place buildings that are like colored next to each other, that forms a district. And at the end of the game, um, you actually get a fair amount of points having the most buildings that belong to you. And on one of my last turns, I took over one of the biggest district in the game and he was so mad. Yeah, quite a quite a coup there. And and but it's one of those games. Again, there's a lot of card draw in the game, so it's impossible to perfectly plan your strategy, which again might turn some people off but i appreciate the fact that you kind of have to adapt to what the game gives you and look i mean there's there's some there were some times in our game where i just got some really awful card draws and really couldn't do what i wanted to do there's some mitigation in that they have these two markers that you get at the beginning of the game where you can ditch them to draw a whole new hand of cards um but they give you points if you hang on to them so there's ways around it um but still, I, I like this game a lot. Um, it's a hard one to find because I know it's out of print right now. We well, have the French version. I was going to say, yeah. we got a different language, which this is not the first time this has happened because, you it's know. It's not. But the, none of the game, none of the components in the game require, that. there's no text on any of them, so it doesn't matter so which version So we just downloaded the, uh, yeah, the English rules. rules and we were good. Yep. So, but it's it's really good. If you get a chance to check it out, um, I highly recommend it. Uh, very cool, especially if you like the whole you know area control it's part really really nice components too yeah the components are very good everything's like really good tile or like the or little, nice the wood little tiles were nice like thick cardboard which i hate when it's a wimpy tile i mm-hmm. really do i hate wimpy pieces i really really do yeah this one this one definitely fit the bill and it's funny because when you're when you're playing the game the way the game ends is when um when ba- usually when all the tiles run out there's very few instances that it will end the other way but you're like oh my god like there's all these tiles this game's gonna take forever but you you you're constantly getting new tiles to build you're constantly getting new resources to build those tiles so it actually uh it actually ends much faster than you think it might so yeah ginkopolis very good um caught us a little by surprise uh, but definitely one that we would recommend checking out when you get the chance so that's all we have for what we've been playing uh, we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk about some of the games that we feel are the best gateway games uh, to get people into the hobby so stay tuned for that is going to be our favorite gateway games that we specifically have used to get some of our friends more into the hobby. Mm-hmm. And the and these are games that we still play Frequently. fairly regularly, yeah, yeah. cuz I don't I don't I don't I understand like the so there's some people that treat gateway games as they have them specifically to bring like to introduce to new people but they don't play them normally i can't have such a limited utility for a game on my shelf personally. No, we have we have space and that real estate, you know, is quite you know, yeah, 
Yeah. But it's, it, I mean, but that's like the same reason that we don't own like Settlers of Catan because we would never play it except to, and to so show we, new people. We actually did play it with some friends. Uh, Brad enjoyed it. I was kind of bored. Yep. But I think it's also because we were so far into the hobby already yeah, all, we played that anyway late, that I was so. just like, you know, I think this is a little bit you know well let's let's get the <laughs> let's get the holy trinity out of the way um the one that the, the three games that we have that uh, that are on literally everybody's list carcassonne stone age and ticket to ride yeah so the these are three pretty standard gateway titles um carcassonne was actually one of the first games that we ever played mm-hmm. um that really got us which we, which we've talked about on the show before um you know, very easy, like, you know, tile placement and, you know, some, some worker placement. Stone Age is the go-to worker, worker placement, placement game. game. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's everyone's With first. With the Love Hut. Everybody loves the Love Hut. The Love Hut. But it's also an easy, easy concept to pick up. Um, you know, we had, we introduced the someone who never even played hobby games before and they were doing fine within, I think, yeah, I think had she, second I most think points. Yeah, I think butts. Yeah, so that was a pretty good one. And then Ticket to Ride, um... Again, set collection literally teach anyone how to play it. There's three. There's three rules in the entire game. Basically, also so. love this one because they have the uh, digital version. Which mm-hmm. when Brad went away last year for work, he and I were playing some TTR while he was in Anaheim and I was here in Baltimore. <laughs> yep, but it's like it's. I, I really I'm looking forward to the next time like my my mom and sister come over because I'm curious to show this to them to see if it's something that they would enjoy. I playing, think they so. would easily be able to pick it up definitely yeah. for sure yeah so that's so those are like those are the three that, that you'll find on everyone's list i just want to get them out of the way right. real fast i don't want to go and too then we long wanted until. some that were more specific to like us personally that we've used that our friends have just like taken to mm. and loved um the first one is takinoko well that's probably your favorite to pull out for people well, because it's got a cute little panda come on <laughs> well and that's well, and that's part of the allure of the game honestly is that it has a really welcoming art style um you know it's got it's very bright it's very cheery it's got the bamboo towers that yes, you can that you can build it's just uh, it's it's pretty and it's fun and it's a game that like when we've introduced to the new people they they might take like a couple rounds to really understand but the usually full breadth of about what's going a third on. of the way in they're like okay i get it yeah and then and then they're just rolling from there so it's um it's very easy to learn and um, it's also one that when they come over they're like hey can we play that again you know yeah, it gets, which is it a gets good requested sign. so yeah. for sure um a new one that we picked up recently that we've talked about on the show before is uh lanterns uh which is a tile game. game as well where it's and where there's a set collection aspect to it where it's as easy as you just lay a tile on your turn and whatever color faces you you get that a color. card of that color yes. so and then you're trying to collect specific types of sets to get victory points um but where the you know some slightly advanced strategy comes in is that everyone else at the table also gets a, whatever a yeah whatever well. is facing them they get that color of card now you just said san juan as something to add to the list i i think i agree with you i wouldn't show san juan to everybody though necessarily Maybe people that we've already broken in a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Because, well, for for me, the hardest part with learning San Juan is the whole cards are your currency as well. Like you have to discard they're your cards. Goods, to, they're your buildings. They're your currency. They're yeah. Yeah, and then and you know newer people that aren't as you know into gaming might have some trouble like grasping the long-term strategies like being able to say oh okay well i want to build up all these production buildings so i can take advantage of the 
one that gives you more points at the end of the game for you don't give people abilities. enough credit i don't think i don't know like I'm, I'm always i'm always leery because you don't want to push someone into the deep end of the pool too fast with stuff like this all the time so i'm always i i always err on the side of i just feel like simplicity. this one's light enough that it would be easy to understand oh it's definitely quick you know what i mean yeah it's definitely a quick game i mean christ we we bang a game out in what 20 30 minutes mm. now let me ask you this question because we this isn't on our list but i'll we'll divert a little bit do you think some of the like cooperative adventure games would be easy to teach people or do you think those might still have a little too much i'm talking like i was gonna say depends on which ones you're talking about yeah well like let's just say eldritch horror for example no no too much that would be way too much too soon for most people okay i think just because there's a lot with the gates and the you know the events and everything else that pops up in there yeah, yeah i think that might be too much it's but, funny well it's funny because you think cooperative games would be an easy way to introduce like, people we have played uh, legendary encounters mm-hmm. with some of our friends, and they've taken to that very well. Oh, that one! And I that's think would be... and that's cooperative. See, I I think that one's more difficult to play to teach someone new that excuse me than Eldritch Horror would be, just because of the whole deck building aspect, which is a foreign concept to anyone who doesn't really. But it's completely cooperative. Games. So you're helping them. So you're teaching them while we're playing. Well, so is Eldritch Horror though. I don't know. I just feel like that game's a little more brutal. <laughs> See, I would I would think that something like that, like a theme like that, which is a little bit more evocative, would well, would lure people consider, in. Well, and see, but that's also another thing to consider because you're right. It might pull people in because they like that theme. Mm. But then, like, they're remember I died. I got a new character, and you're like, oh, take a curse card, and then I roll the die, and, and then I turn and I turned it over, <laughs> and it's like you hear the cloven hoofs behind you, and you're dead. Yeah, that, like, that part can bit. definitely be punishing if you keep dying. But then, but the fact that you're never out of the game, like there's no elimination or anything like that, is is helpful there. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough thing. I guess you'd have to just gauge people individually to see. Um, I I think more more restrictive of Elder Charby. I was gonna say you need to see. We need to evaluate their gaming acumen <laughs> and just do it case by case. So as far as party games go, um, there aren't a ton of party games that are too complicated because by nature they kind of have to be simple because you're going to be playing them in large groups all the time. The one that we have that has gone gangbusters is Cash and Guns. Yeah, everyone loves that game when you introduce it. Now we have the second edition, I believe, right? Yes. And it has the little foam guns, which I don't know. Well, the the first edition had that, but the artwork was kind of like not, it it wasn't as like cartoony and as... As and fun. as Ludovic Mugblanky as <laughs> as as the uh, as the art in the second edition is so, but like I think that's the thing everybody loves is everybody gets their little gun and you have to point it at each other. I mean, every time I think we've had one person who didn't like it. That was it. Did we? Yeah, you're right. We did have one person that yeah. didn't like it. So, well, but, uh, he did, in fairness, he didn't like anything we played that night, but that's because he's sticking the mud. But um, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but cash guns gets played at every every like gathering that we have basically. yeah if we have a bunch of friends over cash and guns makes it to the table every time mm-hmm. and the other one that has been very successful and i mean it's old hat to most people probably listening to this but that's the resistance which is new for us because we only we only got it a few months back 
Um, but again, been very well, successful. We can teach this to anybody because like we um, probably what, six, seven months ago, our friends asked us over and he had his mom up visiting and we taught his mom how to play. And she's like, oh, my God, can we play it again? She doesn't play anything. Yeah, yeah she, she doesn't, doesn't play, play games. games at all. And she's like, we, we finished it. And she's like, can we do it again? Well, that's one of the <laughs> things like, that's, that's fantastic. Well, that's I one of the things that. that's great about it, too, is that a game only takes 10, 15 minutes. So even if someone doesn't really know what they're doing the first time you play, it okay you wasted 10 minutes great let's you know shuffle it up and play again and then it's kind of and i think that's a game that also succeeds more when you play it multiple times because i think having the like the group meta that develops mm-hmm. over the course of one session and the group paranoia the game, yeah. that people like brad try and inject i mean i'm gonna tell you what this guy when we start playing the game he never shuts <laughs> up but i do that so that that way i don't have whether and I'm a spy nine, or whether I'm a resistance member, nine times out of ten, he ends up being one of the spies. Well, that's just how it goes. But then, it, but then it sucks because no one believes me when I am a resistance <laughs> member. So, a um, couple ones that we put on there that we haven't gotten to try yet, but I'm I'm anxious to. Then, then this is especially for people who play like traditional card games. Um, Diamonds is a super easy variation on spades or hearts or whatever. We that, played that with. A couple people. We played that with Brandon and Roe. Well, yeah, yeah, we played it with them, but I'm saying, well, like, I, I'm talking about like introducing someone like my mom. To, oh, I think to your that. mom would love it. Yeah, I really do. Like, I think, she, she's big into card games anyway, so I think she would love it. Yeah, I think that's a really safe one to really because because it's it is essentially like a, a regular deck card game, essentially a regular you know deck of playing cards, essentially, which is the added component of when you do this specific suit, you get to do. This, this special action. action and you're trying to collect the diamonds as opposed to collecting tricks essentially so right. so that one would be easy to do um the mystery rummy series i'd i'm also curious to test drive as well because that one has enough mechanics that are similar to regular rummy that i think the concept could be grasped very easily um, yeah but i think i'd have to break them in with alcatraz yeah alcatraz for us i think is definitely the easiest one um we just recently ordered Al Capone. I'm excited to get that one because we heard that was really good with two players. Mm-hmm. And I think our favorite is the um, Jack the Ripper one. It's uh, I think, really I think wider, which even though wider, no, it's not officially mystery. I'm, rummy, I'm I saying think. of the of the actual mystery rummy games, the Jack the Ripper is our favorite of those of that line yes but but why it was obviously awesome. a mystery game and it's and i think that one's definitely eclipsed it but that one has a little bit more to it i think mm-hmm. where, where i wouldn't introduce someone brand new to it but i think alcatraz is straightforward enough like like we started with alcatraz too and we actually rarely play it anymore because the other ones have more like gamer game in them They're but more i think meaty yeah i think alcatraz would be a great way to start somebody off who doesn't really he isn't really familiar with that. Uh, one of our other favorites, which we haven't been getting to the table as much lately as we used to, uh, is Viva Java, the coffee game, the dice game. It is basically better Yahtzee. It's, it's, it's <laughs> Yahtzee with special, with special powers, basically. And it's awesome. Yeah, I, I, that one is excellent like like when a friend of mine they, there's a couple special edition yahtzees that are coming out mm-hmm. and he's like oh i'm thinking about getting i like yahtzee I was like if you like yahtzee just buy just buy this and like i showed it Who? to him i was like uh work friends at work okay but uh it's um it's it's a great game um very cool like i said the special the 
There's now, enough powers to give it variety. And, and don't think we're knocking Yahtzee because I am a huge fan of Nightmare Before Christmas and I have Nightmare Before Christmas Yahtzee. But I we don't, don't play it. I, I just have it as a collector's item. Yahtzee. Like that, Yahtzee is it's Yahtzee is good if you have the little electronic handheld one and you're in the bathroom. That's that's not even good for that anymore. Like I can't, <laughs> I couldn't play Yahtzee anymore because there's no there's no strategy to it whatsoever. There really isn't, and it's also I was joking with a friend because it's like it's the most overproduced game of all time. Because literally the only thing you need for that game is the five dice, and that's it. <laughs> everything everything else is just is just window dressing. <laughs> So, but yeah, but Viva Java coffee game, the dice game, um, very cool, very easy to teach. And actually, when we were at Unpub, we um we got the Angry expansion for it, and I think we played that the last time. It was kind of fun. I I, I could take or leave that. I don't think we've explored it enough to really to really do much with it. Well, but I had I, fun with it. <laughs> I mean, it, to me, it didn't add that much to the game to make it like essential, like that you should track this down and go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. Like I, I just enjoy the core gameplay mm-hmm. of that one, and then can't stop is another one that is super easy to teach, um, but has the like push your luck aspect that Viva Java doesn't have if you're looking for a really good dice game. And my favorite line when we're playing can't stop is no whammy because if any of you are old like we are, mm. you watch press your luck. Well, and <laughs> or you might watch reruns on the game show network. Can't stop would also be like a good. <laughs> Like a good game, especially for younger gamers too. I think more so than anything on the list. I can't wait till our son gets older so we can play games with him. <laughs> I got. I hope he likes him. <laughs> the, if he, the only if thing. he doesn't, we're screwed. I'll be so sad. But uh, <laughs> but no, can't stop is is a solid. And again, it can be taught in two minutes. Like it's not not a difficult game to grasp at all. So that's that's pretty much our list. Uh, it's a great place to get started. Um, if you have someone that you've like a significant other something that you're trying to get in the games anything on this list i'd say would be a great place to to start with uh to see or any like if you have friends over and you're tired of doing the same old thing like playing you're doing karaoke or doing whatever you guys do and you want to try something else switch it up try one of these games yeah like i said i i i Cash and Guns, especially, I think, is a great. Oh my god, Cash and Guns is fantastic. Great thing to bring into like you know friends' nights, even if they never played games before. It's super easy to learn, and everyone will have so much fun with it. Cool, but yeah, that's that's our that's our list of gateway games. Um, that's all we have actually. Short show this week, just because uh, we didn't really have much to talk about game wise as far as that goes. So, which is a shocker because yeah. Brad sometimes I can't get him to shut up. Boy, what are you going to do? So, but thanks for listening. Um, just a reminder that we are an affiliate of the Nerdpocalypse Studios Network as well. Make sure you check out all the excellent shows in that network, network, including their Nerdpocalypse and Dense Pixels and Black on Black Cinema and Mouthful of Toast. You can also become a premium member for $5 a month or $50 a year. And if you subscribe there, there's a, another group of shows that is exclusive to premium members, including our political podcast, Look Forward. Um, the airing of grievances airing of grievances and no time to bleed which is an action movie review podcast that we do as well so definitely check all those out we would certainly appreciate it um, don't forget as well to check us out on facebook and twitter like we mentioned at the top of the show um at tabletop for two for both of those and th- and if any of you out there have any suggestions for us for games to play we are always open to them or even topic ideas too. Like we're always welcome to to check that stuff out as well. We have a list of stuff that we plan on doing in future episodes. But uh, but yeah, if you guys, if there's anything you'd like us to talk about, especially again from the two player standpoint, because that's kind of what we're angling for here, uh, we'd certainly welcome the suggestion. But thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. But until then, bye. See ya.